0: This is the GGC Life podcast. This building is somewhere where we gather, where the church gathers, but you and I are actually the church. Jesus says that we live in the world, but we are not of the world. Amen. Uh, God uses various pictures and terminology to convey great truths about the church. Let me give you some examples. The church is. The Ecclesia, the called out ones, which is you and I, is called the body of Christ. Um, It's called a family, a bride. We're a part of the kingdom, sons and daughters, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Um, We are called the flock, a house, a vineyard, a pearl, an army. Oh my gosh, you and I are called an army, a candlestick. However, this morning, I want to dive in deep. With respect to the body of Christ and the family. You and I are called the Ecclesia, the called out ones. We're called the body of Christ because Jesus is the head of that body. Uh, Let's read, grab your Bibles, let's read Colossians chapter 1 verse 8. It says, Christ is also the head of the church. Who is the church? We are. We are the church. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. uh, This passage emphasizes Christ's supremacy over the ecclesia, the called out ones. And he's the source of life, growth and unity. I'm telling you, you do not want anybody ruling and reigning over us other than Christ. Christ is the head of this body. How amazing is that? Ephesians says, God put everything under Christ's feet and made him the head of everything in the church. Ecclesia, the called out ones. Which is his body? His body, the church... (laughs) Uh, in the fullness of Christ who fulfills everything in every way. I want to say this morning that Jesus has been placed ruler and authority and power over the church. And we, why is he head over the church? So he can impart his authority, his blessing into the body. Please journey with me. I'm getting somewhere amazing you would want to hear. He who has called us out of the kingdom of darkness has brought us into his marvelous light to be the body designed to be. Amen. Like, let me explain to you. You and I are the body of believers. We are the body. Like Jesus is the head, we are the body. Amen. John says that, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are born not of physical birth resulting from human passion, woe, and plan, but, the, but a birth that comes from God. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Those who have made Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you can be assured you are a part of this body. You are a part, you are a believer, you are a part of the kingdom of God. He or she is a part of the kingdom of God. You are a part of the ecclesia, the called out one. You are a part of this family Where your father is God and we have become his children. And look to the person next to you, to the left and to the right. They're your brothers and sisters in the body. How incredible is that? The blood of Jesus is what binds us together. When Jesus was here on earth, he was constantly addressing the issue of family. Once when he was teaching to the multitudes, someone came and informed to Jesus that his mother and his brothers are waiting outside to speak to him. And this is what Jesus' reply was. And I'm trying to show you something because family is important. Family is important. This is what Jesus' reply was in Matthew 12. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, my mother. Jesus was not refuting or putting down Mary, but he was redefining what family looks like. Amen? And he was redefining and saying, any person who does the will of my Father is my mother, my brother, my sister. How incredible uh, incredible is that another time when jesus was teaching it says in luke 11 a woman in the crowd called out blessed is the mother who gave birth to you and nursed you he replied this way blessed rather that word rather means on the contrary are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Jesus was doing some major close correction. I mean, it might seem harsh. He could have said, yes, my mother is hip. My mother is amazing. My mother is incredible. But he wasn't mincing words. He had a short time and he was not apologetic in bringing kingdom truths to the people around him. He was challenging the patriarchal systems of the day. He made it clear that a woman's worth is not solely based on her giving birth to a son. Because back in the day, and I do not want to go into a rabble hole this morning, but back in the day, there were so many issues that surrounded that statement. But she said even, he said, even Mary cannot find her worth in just giving birth to me, but rather her worth is finding uh, 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 in her obedience to the Father. Wow. Okay, so we have to really take back as, I mean, it's not a Mother's Day sermon, but we really have to take a step back as parents and think about are we pushing our children and our friends towards Jesus and being obedient to Jesus? Jesus was not harsh. He actually cared for his mom. John the Apostle, who Jesus calls him his beloved apostle in John 13, actually at the cross when Jesus' mom was watching her son die for the uh, human race, for humanity, you know, Jesus looks down and says to Mary, behold, to John the disciple, he says, behold your son, son, behold your mom. He was taking care of her. He was, even though he was ministering heavenly truths, he also intentionally looked after his family. I mean, it's like Leon and me saying to someone we really love, can you look after our kids when we're gone? It's like finding someone who we really love and entrusting our children to them. Ephesians chapter 3 highlights the fact that the church is not a gr- just a group of people, but it's a family that has a divine origin. James 1.18 says, We are born of God. You and I are born of God. Yes, we've had a physical birth, uh, but you and I, when you receive Jesus, you and I are born of God. The first century believers were the first spiritual harvest. They were the first to be saved and become a part of the New Testament church. And James implies that there would be many more to follow as the first fruits. The Bible makes it clear. We were plucked out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into his light. And we were created for his very own. God in his infinite wisdom, foreknowledge, election and predestination looked through the corridor of time and saw that I want you as my child. I want you as my children. God was not required, God was not forced, God did not need, nor was he obligated to save us. We were saved not because of our own merit or because we deserved it. God, regardless, had a plan of redemption written through the pages of Scripture to adopt us as his very own. Some of you might say, but God didn't choose me. But you need to receive Christ in order to know that he has chosen you. Even though God chose us before the foundation of the world, you and I have a free will to make a decision to come to know Christ. Amen? This body, the called out assembly, as Christ as the head of the body, goes on to explain the human body has many parts. 1 Corinthians 12. But the many parts make up one whole body and so it is with the body of Christ. You are a part of a vast body. Look around you. You're not an individual. You're a part of a vast army. Verse 21 says, And an eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can say to the feet, I don't need you. The opposite is true. The parts of the body that we think are weaker are the ones we really need. The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are those we give special honor. So our unpresentable parts are made more presentable. However, our presentable parts don't think This kind of treatment. God has put the body together and given special honor to the part that doesn't have it. God's purpose was that the body should not be divided. Can you hear me? God's purpose, I'm just reading it all in context. God's purpose was that the body should not be divided, but rather that all of its parts should feel the same concern for each other. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts share in share its suffering. If one part is praised, all the parts share in the happiness. You are Christ's body and each of you is an individual part of that body. What is it saying? It's saying that if we cannot be divided. We cannot be doing our own thing. We're called to be the body. I cannot say to my liver, I don't need you. You, you, you look yuck. Get out of the body. Well, the body's go, not going to function. If I said to the heart, I don't need you, uh, you're not needed, guess what? This body would collapse on the stage. The person to your left, to the right, to the front, to the back is needed in order to navigate life. Amen. Ephesians, I know we're going through scripture, a lot of scripture, but I'm getting to a point. Ephesians chapter 2 says... 19 to 21, So so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole body being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. How amazing is that? Then Ephesians four sixteen goes on to say he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Yes as each part does its own work special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in full of love. This talk this Passages talk about interconnectedness, functioning collectively as a body. Let me say the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the family, the kingdom of God is God's answer to you and me and to the world outside. You're not going to find any solutions outside other than in the kingdom of God, within your believers, within your brother and sister. We are God's solution to one another, but not just to one another, but to the world as well. I mean, we need people who will defend us righteously. We need people who will stand up and protect us. We need people who will pull us going off the edge. We need people who will cry with us. We would need people who walk with us through addiction, through uh, whatever we might be going through. We need people who put their hands around us and say, I'm with you. I am for you. I am contending with you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, look out for one another's interests, not just your own. If you ever want a counterculture verse, that is it. Australian worldwide, the culture is all about me, myself and I and my ambitions and what am I going to do for myself and my family and my little, little circle around me. Billy Graham once expressed, Jesus Christ did not say go into the world and tell the world that it, it, it is quite right. Instead, the Bible teaches us that our lives and our character and our conduct should be totally opposite to what society deems perfect. We should be showing genuine concern Praying for one another, loving for one another, that's how we minister to one another as the called out assembly of God. We're not called to operate on our own. Sometimes the called out ones, the church, the ecclesia tries to go out by themselves and try to fight things on their own. But let me tell you this morning that God has never called us to fight the enemy and the things that we face on our own because you need each other's strength to power through and break things through. with your brother and sister sometimes we feel defeated because we are not fighting together community is God's answer in defeating the enemy enemy when we plug ourselves into community and when we feel dist- courage, you can be sure whether it be your connect group, your women's group, your men's group or whatever other group you are connected to will be walking along alongside of you. When you feel worried and overcome with anxiety, you know, they're there for you. When you feel like you're going through an addiction, they're there for you. When you feel like your marriage is coming undone, they're there for you. You know, let me say, let me even challenge the family My husband is amazing. He actually snaps me out of things when I'm in a schmucky area, so to speak. He says, Christine, you need to spend more time with God. He he actually holds me in life, line, but not just him. I have other communities within the church, you know, that are, you know, brothers and sisters who would challenge me and who would love me and say, they will read something on my face and they will say, Christine, what are you going through? What can I pray with you? How can I stand with you? And I'll say, and I'm very transparent. I, will, I wouldn't hide anything from you because I would say, something and I will show you how God has brought it through and worked through through that situation so to speak. We're all designed to partake in relationship within community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know I was looking for a telephone book this morning and I couldn't find because we don't have those anymore. But I found an encyclopedia in my garage and I bought it to show it is made up of multiple pages. If I tried to pull it apart, would I be able to pull it apart? No, because we are better together. Can we say it? Better together. together. Say it again. Better together. together. Okay, so then I bought this rope. I just want to show you this rope is strong because it's interconnected. Not only can you see two ropes intertwined, but there's multiple strings attached to one another to make up the road that makes it stronger. I'm telling you, isolation is not the key or the answer in God's community. You are put in community so you can be better together. Amen. Amen. The true ecclesia, the called out ones, the church, which is you and I, don't live for ourselves. Jesus did not give up his life so he can just do something for himself. Can I just get Leo up on the stage? He didn't know about this, actually. Quickly jump up, (laughs) please. So this is my handsome husband. Uh, So if we are dancing together... Okay, if we're, if we're dancing together, I want to say that if we, I'm so uncore, he's the dancing of the family, but um, I'm telling you, it, <laughs> okay, <laughs> if we're dancing together and I'm just like going out, he knows I'm going out. Because I'm connected to him. He knows I'm going out of whack and I missed a step. He'll pull me in, back in, before I step out too much. We are called to be interconnected together as a family. We're called. So that when we are going off the track, all he has to do is pull me in. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so... This is why I say we're better together. You know, in today's fast-paced world with all the podcasts online and uh, church things online and our busy schedules and extracurricular activities, some people might say, you know, I really can't find time to be attending church. We don't go to church because we are the church. We attend to be together as a church Amen. Called out once. It's so, so important to be attending regularly because each other's faith, like that rope, strengthens one another. If we're about to fall off the chain, guess what? The other chain pulls you back into the loop, so to speak. We are called into community. Amen. That's why God gave us the Ecclesia. Hebrews chapter 10, it says 23 to 25. Let us hold on firmly to the hope we profess because we can trust God to keep His promise. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love, and to do good. Before I read the next verse, I'm telling you, my sister in law, Heidi, Heidi, could you stand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. <laughs> This incredible lady and her husband, Tony, who's walking to the front, are the most patient human beings I have ever met. They have so much grace. They're on our pastoral team. They have so much grace for people. They have, not to say we don't, I'm just pointing out she has way more grace than I do, but like She is absolutely incredible when she sits and listens to people and hears their issues and walks it through uh, them. Sometimes all people need is a listening ear. They don't need you to say one, two, three, four. Maybe you can tell them later. Sometimes initially you just need to be very empathetic, listening and praying for them. And then later on you can show them some steps. Anyway, verse 25 says, Let us not give up. Uh, the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming. Let me say this morning, we're not under persecution, right? We are definitely not under persecution uh, where we have to go into hiding and we cannot come. Maybe during COVID, yes, we weren't meant to have church open, but we were. (laughs) But anyway, uh, but I'm telling you, you know, we cannot not get together because when we're in isolation, the enemy has a field day over our lives and over our thoughts and our actions. So it is important to meet together. Amen. Honestly, my dad, um, who's watching online, they live in Melbourne, mom and dad. He actually um, had, he was in Saudi Arabia when I was a little girl and he actually had to do church. He led the church, the ecclesia in an underground place uh, because he actually couldn't do church gatherings above otherwise he would have been in trouble. So we're not in that kind of climate so to speak. We are actually privileged to be able to do service openly and openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and this is our faith and this is what we're doing and this is what the body is doing. Amen. So what is the purpose of the church? Well the purpose of the church is to join people of different groups and talents and provide them training and opportunity for God's work. This is both internal and externally worked out. Uh, The assembling together makes it possible to share gifts, revelation, discoveries, as well as experiences. Grace is not found in solitary experiences. I mean, according to Acts uh, uh, 2.42, the purpose of the church is this teaching biblical doctrine, providing a place of fellowship for the believers, observing the Lord's Supper, praying for each other. The Ecclesia, the purpose of the church after four of them, is to go do the great. Commission. There's no other purpose that is mandated that is higher than taking this gospel, this this message of reconciliation that you and I have had. It's like saying, I have this secret remedy for healing, uh, for transformation for my life, and not taking it out there. We're just quietly enjoying our little, little space. And no, no, God is asking us as the body to take it out into the world. Amen? Yes. Um, I wanted to say, which I forgot to say it earlier, why is it important to go to church? Because obviously we need to strengthen one another, but because God speaks to a lot of us through another person in the life of the church. Sometimes we've got our ears blocked and God can't talk to us. And when we're in community, God can speak to us through somebody else. Um, some, someone said to a pastor of a church that he believed that one could get close to God under a tree in a forest as one could in any church in the world. Then the pastor said, I fully agree But you don't do that. And he said, how do you know I don't do that? Then the pastor says, because if you got close to God enough to hear his voice under a tree, he would tell you to go to church. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that is funny. I want to say you are the called out ones. You are the chosen assembly of God. You are the body of Christ. And we need the body of Christ to be there for one another in 2024. I need your hand. I need your feet. I need your heart. I need your every part that you represent for Christ. We need you. We cannot do church on our own. We need you. We need you guys to the left, to the left there, to the right, to the right. We need all of you all of you. Do you know if we are going to throw the net out to the world, one person doesn't get on the boat. There are multiple people that get on the boat so that they can bring in the harvest. You are so needed. Do not let the enemy lie to you and say that you are not needed in church community. If he's saying that or if he's saying that, oh, I don't feel like I'm seen or I'm recognized or I don't feel like being a part or I feel like the church is getting too big or I can't I, I really feel stretched and I don't feel like I'm a part do the opposite. Get in the church community. Get involved in relationships. Ask, what can I do? How can I serve? How can I be a part of the family? When we have family dinners in our home with our children, even though some of them are married and they have their own families, do you know when we come together, they all help. They pick up the plates, they push in the chair, they wipe the tables, they sweep, We're family. They don't say, hey, I'm family. Actually, Zeke does that sometimes, (laughs) our fourth one. Sometimes he says, I'm family. I don't need to do anything. And he lies down on the lounge. (laughs) But no, he's such a great son. I'm not throwing you under the bus, son. (laughs) But, you know, there are times for that. There are times for lying down on the couch and relaxing. There's times for lying down and enjoying a bit of rest. But then there are times that we come together to help one another. I'm telling you in 2024, this is your tribe. This is your tribe. You're not here by accident. You're here because God would have you be here. This is your tribe. Do not let do not let the enemy lie to you and say you're not a part of this tribe. You are a part of this tribe. Let me prophesy that this church is going to so expand because it's formed with nameless and faceless people. God has called to take the gospel into the world. And I'm telling you that if you are willing and say, here am I, Lord, Lord, send me, if you come and say, I want to be a part of what we are doing collectively as a church, let me say, God will hear you. God will hear you. And you know what? Family will never say, I feel isolated unless they pull themselves away from the family. When you and I pull ourselves away from family, let me assure you, you're going to feel isolated. When you and I go away on holiday for four or five weeks, actually, when we go away, we feel like we're itching to come back. Itching to come back. But when you're away for a longer stint, like six weeks or eight weeks, There's this uncomfortability. Let's talk generally. Honestly, actually. Sometimes we feel awkward and uncomfortable coming back. Push through the awkwardness and come. Because the enemy, rather you listen to his voice than the voice of the Father. Your mandate and my mandate, number one, is allegiance to Jesus. No one else allegiance to Jesus not even us to Jesus then collectively we throw out the nets and go fulfill the great commission I want to ask you a few questions that I want you to think about am I currently committed to a local church if not what steps can I take in that direction How has living in community positively impacted my life? And if it hasn't, why not? Am I creating more problems or am I being the solution oriented person? Number three, how am I using spiritual gifts to strengthen the church? You know, you and I have gifts. You might say, I don't. No, you do. Look at what you do at home and at work. You do. You're an IT. We need ITs. If you're in electronics, we need electronics. If you are a home engineer, we need your skills for hospitality. If you are a doctor, we need your expertise when we do conferences and things like that uh, to have like a, a first aid room and things like that. Verse 50, Jesus says, Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister and mother. Are we doing the will of the Father or are we doing our own mission? If I would, you, if I were to say this morning, please take a moment to take stock and think about, because we're in the first week of Feb, so to speak. If you think about January, have you been going around you know on a mission to fulfill your dreams and your priorities or are you on a mission to fulfill his priorities there's nothing wrong he wants you to enjoy life I'm not here to put a damper on you enjoying life he wants you to enjoy life but you know what we will enjoy life better if we place him as our highest priority like Leo, uh, when our kids were growing up, um, and even when they were growing up, uh, he always prays. That has been our saving grace. Early in the morning, Jesus' is first priority, and I remember when we were in the holidays, you know, He would spend time, even recently, uh, it's a consistent thing, would spend time with God. And when our kids were little, our kids would say, Oh, Dad, are you finished? You know, can we go and have some fun? And Leo would say, we would have more fun if we spend time with Jesus. We'll feel more refreshed and we'll have more time to spend time together if we place Jesus as First Friday. It's so important because Jesus doesn't go on holiday. He's there wherever you are. Put Jesus number one. Jesus number one, Jesus number one. Say yes to Jesus. If you had to vote for something, say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus, yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus in your workplace, yes to Jesus in your home life, yes to Jesus in your individual life, yes to Jesus in church. Yes, yes, yes. I believe there's going to be a crucifying of flesh, a crucifying of our own passions and our needs because God is needing his bride to just launch out because he Jesus is coming back soon. He needs Needs his bride not to be so busy by themselves in their own home, but he needs his bride to be ready. You know, I'm accountable. I am. When I pray, I feel the weightiness of God's presence, and I just don't pray just for no reason because I know that I, when I stand before God, I have to give an account for the word I'm giving you. So, for thirty odd years, we've been married for always submit what I'm about to preach to my husband I say honey can you read through my notes can you tell me if I'm saying something wrong if I'm unaligned if I'm not saying what God is meant to say I need him just as much as he needs me I need you just as much as you need me we cannot play games we're called to be a kingdom community a kingdom church, an ecclesia, the called out ones together, not separated. Do you know if I was to rip a garment apart, it's going to be frayed. It would not function the way it's meant to function. If I had a t-shirt here and I ripped that in half, you can, I'm telling you its function is to sit nicely on somebody, but it won't fulfill that function because it's broken. much around the world where churches are coming undone because Jesus is not their center, only center, primary center. Please, can I implore you this morning, please, please, please don't let it be just another message. Please, He's coming back. Can I tell you, He's coming back. I'm happy you have family, I ha- I'm happy you have kids, I'm happy you have grandkids, I ha- I'm happy you have a job and a beautiful home, I'm happy- Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.